Hi everyone, welcome along to the second episode of the Endless Celts Scotland at the Euros spin-off. Uh, my name's Anthony, um, filling in for Stephen tonight, although he's very kindly joining us uh, for, for uh, the discussion tonight. This is uh, the show where we put aside all our club allegiances and we focus solely on the national team uh, and their European campaign. Uh, before we get underway tonight, though, um, we just want to say a few words just on in tribute to one of our greatest sons uh, at Celtic, Bertie Old, who sadly um, confirmed is suffering with dementia today by the club. Like I say, Bertie is one of Celtic's greatest sons, made 176 appearances for the club uh, and won uh, five league championships, four league cups, three Scottish cups, and of course, uh, played a massive part in our finest hour in play, playing uh, against Inter Milan in the heat of Lisbon when we became the first side uh, from these shores to lift the European Cup. Um, on behalf of everyone at Endless Celts, uh, we send nothing but our love, best wishes and prayers to Bertie and his family uh, at this very sad time. Okay, boys, uh, moving on, uh, and we'll focus everything on the, the, the Euros tonight. Um, Ross, I'm going to come to you first, mate, just with regards to after the all the build-up to... Monday, we sadly had the, the sobering, crushing disappointment of the result, of course. But just going to come to you first to, with regards to, as the, as the sort of dust has settled, what, what, what are your sort of takeaways from the, from the first game against the Czech Republic on Monday? Um, as regards to the game itself? Or? Yeah, just, we'll start with the, the game itself, mate, yeah. Um, I, 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 thought we, I thought we played well in spells. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, we started. I thought we started the second half really well until we had the stuff and knocked out us with that moment. Um, but I think in the first half, uh, our captain Robertson had that chance at nil nil, and it was massive. Uh, you just wanted me to keep it low uh, there, and just it, I know he worked the keeper, but if he keeps it low, it it just made it more easy for the keeper, and you have to really be taking the chances uh, at this level uh, and inevitably, as as we all seen, we got punished. Um, but I would say that their keeper was certainly as busy as what Marshall was uh, and I think you've got to take a positive for that. Uh, the only difference between the two sides was probably that they were, well, I say they, that they're one player that scored the two goals. Don't ask me to say his name. Schlick or something, is it? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Uh, he, he was more clinical than, uh, well, certainly our frontman Dykes, if you like, although he didn't have as many, well, he didn't have a, he had one po half chance that he sort of stuck a toe out to, but uh, I don't think we ever looked desperate or uncomfortable within the game at any point. Uh, it was just really that, that one moment that sort of that killed us in the end um, but I think Tierney being out it, it had I'm not trying to excuse Clark but I think that had a big bearing on his team selection in the end uh, I think that he, he went for a team that, that lacked pace and was it, it was far too conservative and showed too much respect to the, the opposition uh, I think we we were desperately needed, certainly in a game that you look at where you think 
we this is we can win the three points here. And we, I, I think we were widely regarded as the favourites for the game. Uh, just an injection of pace for the start was needed. Uh, guys that are more mobile. Um, I, I think when you, you saw that uh, when Adams certainly came on and then Forrest came on, it started to open up a bit a week slightly more for us, but. You're starting with guys like Stephen O'Donnell. I can see he sort of went with him for the sort of defensive mind, but for me, I, I don't think he, with the greatest respect, should be near a Scotland, Scotland jersey, uh, and I don't think he belongs at this level. Uh, but I, I mean, there is positives. We we played okay, and we were we weren't overrun. I know we're going to be facing a a step up uh, the more night, but uh, you just never know. Absolutely, and and I I agree with, with a lot of that, Ross. I think um, and obviously at, at full time we were absolutely bitterly disappointed with the result, which is always the first thing you look at. But in the cold light of day, when you actually watch it back, you know th- there was a lot of positives uh, and a lot of uh, good points to take from the game. Perhaps like Steve Clark says in the the post match interview that the breaks just didn't go away as on the day, and you know the Czech Republic are a you know, they're a sly old bunch, they're streetwise in, in tournaments like this, and, and they fully took their chances when they came along. Uh, John, I'll come to you uh, next. Um, was there anything else you sort of felt in the game that sort of went against us, or just your, your overall thoughts on, on how Scotland approached the match? I mean, I, I quite agree with what Ross was saying, Anthony. I think that um, the team was set up a bit more defensive-minded, whereas I'd like to have seen them select a starting eleven that was a wee bit more attacking orientated, a wee bit more pace. Um, and like you said, missing Tierney uh, on that left side as well, you could see the difference. Um, the, I mean, for most part of the game, we controlled it. Uh, we had a fair share of chances as well. Their keeper pulled off some cracking saves, uh, as did Marshall. Um, and it could have went either way, really. Um, like you say, I think after the initial watching it the first time, um, I think we were a bit disappointed because we, we expected better, if that makes sense. But watching it back again, Anthony, and I'm sure you mentioned it as well, um, we we didn't play badly. Um, it just was an unfortunate thing. Uh, the Czech Republic took their first goal relatively well. I mean, it's just a, a, another standard everyday goal as these things happen. Their second goal, however, should never have happened. Um, God knows what Marshall was doing that high up. Even <laughs> when you're pressing and you're playing with a high line and you're pressing teams, he's he he's there's absolutely no need and reason for him to be 35, 40 yards off his line. Absolutely no need. And if he's 10 yards back, he catches that, he saves it. But ultimately, it, it should never have been up there. And a lot of people have pointed the finger at Hendry for daring to attempt to take a shot at goal. He's well within his right to. Um, but ultimately, that... I mean, that, that I can't even pronounce his name either. Schlick or whatever his name is. He hit that ball really well. And you, you have to have some technique to, to be able to hit the ball the way he did. And even the balls it takes to even hit, take that chance. But again, why no? You've yep. seen the opposition keeper 40 yards off his line. You, you have to take a, a shot at it. And I think he's, he's set a record now for the, the longest goal in the Euro, Euro's history. So, fair play to him. <laughs> but there's, yeah, no much more, you know, there's not much more we can really say about it other than that. It's just sort of 
like Ross says, I think we're favourites. It's a, it's a game that we expected to maybe take the three points. That isn't the case. And we just need to keep lift the heads and then go and go at these guys' throats tomorrow for the jump. Absolutely. Um, now, like yourself, um, John, I'm, I'm not too sure about how you pronounce the goal scorer's name either, but um, just going by the Metro um, newspaper the next day, their headline on the back page was, What a Schickner. So I'm assuming it's maybe something along those lines. Um, but yeah, like you say, just a, a fantastic goal. Um, but obviously, yeah, it was a total shitner for us, to say the least. Um, so, Stephen, our brother from across the pond, um, obviously, I'm, I'm sure you would have had your uh, your blue shirt on, cheering us on, no doubt, on <laughs> on, uh, on, uh, on Monday from a slightly more neutral uh, point of view. Was there anything that you sort of any positives you think us uh, us members of the Tartan Army can take from from Monday's game? Well, first of all, I mean, you, you made that quite obviously in the Irish from the end, but sure. Um, <laughs> uh, I was, yes, I, I'm on this journey with you guys. I mean, it was a good suggestion by the group to cover Scotland at the Euros. I'm really excited for it. I mean, both Irish teams, Northern Ireland and Republic, aren't in the tournament. So, I mean, there's a sadly contingent within Scotland, so I'm taking a keen interest in them. My big, my big issue was, <laughs> going back to the start, was the lineup, to be honest. The starting lineup was a bit of a damp squid, in, in my personal opinion. This Czech Republic side isn't the side of Rosicky. Nedved, Milan Baros, this is an aging Czech side. And I get what you're saying that there's streetways, but I think John made a great point saying there need to be pace, there need to be injection of pace. And Ross alluded to Steve O'Donnell. I, I, I mean, he's been linked with Celtic in the past, and by all counts, he's a good solid defender. But Ross said he, he's not, he doesn't belong at this level, in my opinion. His shortcomings were there for all to see. I mean, there was a time in the first half he couldn't control the ball, went out of play, but. That does the pick of one player. Looking at the game in general, I think the the way he set up was too defensive. Then Lyndon Dykes for me, they kicked the ball up to him, and it's a hapless task. He, he's headering it, and there's no one running in behind. Christie, for all his hard work and industrious attitude, he doesn't really break the lines for me. I mean, yes, Scotland controlled the games in, in large parts, but again, at the end of the day, Czech Republic got the win. So... It's a bit Celtic reminiscent, isn't it? Neil Lennon used to come out and say we think the breaks didn't go our way or blah, blah, blah. But you, you look at the likes of Fraser on the bench, Gilmore, Forrest, even Turnbull to an extent. There's someone on where a bit of know-how and a bit, a bit of thing to unlock the defence. And the goals that Scotland conceded, the first one, as John rightly said, was, a, I mean, that's a goal that's conceded every week in every other league in the world. It's just a ball over the top and a header. Maybe a defender, Grant Hanley, could have done better with it. But the second goal, I mean, Jesus. I don't know what was happening. A lot of people were putting the blame on Jack Henry, saying he should have took the shot. But again, he had a shot and hit the crossbar any other day. That might have went in. It could have been a different story. Marshall, I don't know what he was trying to do. I mean, the term sweeper-keeper, I mean, that's the modern day, isn't it? I mean, Manuel Neuer for Germany does that there perfectly. But David Marshall come out of his net (laughs) that far out. And again, that wasn't a free goal because your man, Schelke or whatever he's called, I mean, he's no me, guys. Me and names are a bit crap, but I'll try my best. He could even come out in his interview and said he seen Marshall off his line in the first half, so he's planned that in his head. And obviously it's a freak goal because nine times out of ten, the defence would have picked up the ball and recycled possession. But there seems to be, I don't know what you guys think, I'll come to yourself, Anthony, obviously hosting hosting the show today. Is there a mental block with Scotland going into these tournaments? We've, we've seen it so many years, obviously they've missed out and they've missed qualification. We're all excited, we're all having the wee drink and stuff watching this game. 
and the lineup come out. Steve Clark is obviously known as a conservative guy, conservative manager in terms of the way he plays, and we've seen that at Kilmarnock. But there's nothing there was a wee bit of more for exploitation in terms of Fraser starting where O'Donnell was, Billy Gilmore. He, everyone knows he's the upcoming thing at Chelsea, and Callum McGregor to a certain extent to keep the ball and recycle it in the field because John McGinn for me he's a he's a brilliant player. Armstrong and Scott McTallamy, but do you know what I mean? They're all like the same type of player to break up the play, but again, there's no forward thing. I know John McGinn scored a few goals, but do you guys not seem like there's a wee bit of a mental block with Scotland? I, I think, considering how long it's been since uh, since we qualified, it's probably a bit difficult to say it's a, a, a mental block. I think, it, I think looking at it through sober eyes um, last <laughs> night, even because um, they certainly weren't sober on Monday, um, I, I, I think it was just one of those games that that do go against you. I, I, like, like Ross says, we could have took our chances, and it's a, it's a totally on another day we're sitting here with the three points. I mean, it, it is of course the, the, the fact that Scotland have never won uh, on the opening game of any major tournament that we've qualified for, and we did think that that was perhaps going to be a wrong, day, but sadly uh, it wasn't to be. But hopefully, like See, you say, we, we, hopefully we can uh, perhaps uh, get get a bit a bit better on uh, on Friday night. Anthony, just before you move on to the next topic, do you not think, obviously, the big issue with people was Lee Griffiths, obviously, coming into the Euros, and he didn't do himself any favours at Celtic, but all three strikers, like, for me, Adams, Dykes, and Nesbitt, I mean, they're, they're all quite the same. None of them have a blistering bit of pace, do you know what I mean? I think if Lee Griffiths had a kept fit, he could have been that something different, if you know what I mean. I mean, Shankland, but again, he's quite slow, he's, he's a poacher, but just do you not think that there's a bit of, especially in the forward area, yeah, it's a bit. Personally, if, if I was Steve Clark, um, I, I would have taken him. I would have found a, a, a place for him. But by the same token, um, it, it, Lee wouldn't have necessarily deserved um, that sort of faith in him because he hasn't put in any sort of dedication to get himself in any sort of shape uh, for club for him this year. And I suppose at this level, um, you can't be seen to be doing uh, favours uh, to anyone based on past glories, no matter um, no matter what their achievements are. I, as I say, personally, I think there is something a little bit maverick about Lee Griffiths and it does offer you something different. So I would have probably found a role for him, but I can completely understand um, why, why why Steve Clark didn't. Um, but moving on for the, for the game itself, uh, boys, Ross, I'll, I'll come to you first. Of course, we were absolutely gutted with the, with the, with the result. Um, I think that's go, sort of goes without saying. But I, I don't know about you, just in the sort of build-up, um, maybe sort of seven, ten days before, but I, have you sort of sensed anything around the, the just the sort of the, the build-up to the to the match itself, just the sort of a sort of feel-good factor almost, to just actually being back at a tournament. Um, you know, like we say, it's been best part of a quarter of a century since we've been at one of these events. And I don't know about you, I think kudos to the BBC and the STV, some of the the shows, especially, I thought the the fantastic France '98 highlight, uh, Mr. Brown's Boys, um, the sort of fly on the wall documentary of uh, uh, that particular tournament, and just boys that have been there and sort of been there, done that, got the t-shirt, so to speak, and hearing these guys talk and about their experiences, and just, uh, just uh, there was, uh, there seems to have been a a wave of of good feeling in, about about the country and the build up to the game on Monday. Would you agree? Aye. Aye, there definitely has, uh, and that, that, I mean, I enjoyed that program, France '98 one. Um, some I like, I enjoyed the bit about uh, when they were in the tunnel, standing next to the Brazilians, and 
like they're all glistening and looking well. And Paul Lambert had said about uh, Burley and Jim Layton standing in eighteenth, and then the next minute you hear Craig Brown shouting in the background, "Danny, worry, boys, they're fucking shitting themselves." Uh, <laughs> that, that that amused me that one. Um, but aye, there's there's definitely. Uh, you can notice there's a sort of feel good factor. People are getting involved, eh, and no disrespect, but even like see yourself, who normally you said it yourself in the chat the other night. You normally turn your nose up when it comes to an international weekend, and you says, "I'm never going to do it again" because I'm absolutely buzzing and loving Scotland being back on the big stage. And that's just for me a prime example of how everybody's getting on board. Eh, yeah, and it's it's just an excuse. We're a nation that likes a party, and it's an excuse for a party. I mean, you want to win, obviously, first and foremost, but if you don't win, we've been cooped up for so long, and now we're allowed to go out, and it's just coincided with Scotland being back in the big stage, and it's it's sort of worked out really well. Uh, I'll be at the pub the morning night for the first time in a while, and I'll be drinking a pint in a pub, for the first time in a long while with some of my mates and that's that's just class eh? and I it's it, there's a feel good factor definitely going about the country eh, right now eh? and I mean my god if we win the morning night that, that, that words can't describe what it'll be like it'll be off the scale Absolutely, I could not agree more, uh, Ross. I mean, like you say, I mean, as as Scots, don't we don't need much excuse to to get on it. Uh, like you say, Aye. I mean, I mean, Auntie Teresa's first driving lesson, we use that as, as an excuse to to get on it uh, as well, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> but John, I'll, I'll I'll just ask you the, the sort of the same question, mate. Did uh, did you get? Have you been caught up in Euro fever? Have you um? Are you just buzzing about being back at a tournament in general, or do you feel we've got to look at it through a, a little bit more? sort of sober eyes, so to speak. No, I mean, like I say, last time we were there was, at any major tournament was 1998, and that's a long time to wait, so I'd be surprised if any, sort of, you don't even necessarily need to be a football fan, uh, are kind of getting caught up in the fever, as Ross said, um, and just getting behind the nation, because it's a, it's massive for us, uh, and as, as a nation that's so passionate about football as well, to know be um, in a major international tournament for such a long time uh, of course when, when you finally make it there again uh, everybody's going to be buzzing and I'm like you Anthony it's no I, I kind of turned my nose up to the national side a bit I, I, they weren't performing particularly well uh, they had this penchant for sticking with players through loyalty rather than talent and it was just seemed to be were struggling constantly, uh, and it was failure after failure, and it was disheartening. And you can you lose, and you, you always take an interest and you check the scores and all that. But I, I wasn't the one for like sitting down and watching games start to finish. I'd, I'd check in on it every now and again. Uh, but like I say, the, to have Scotland back in a major international tournament again is absolutely massive for me, and it, it sort of reminds me. It takes me back to when I was younger, um, and and seeing them uh, and. France 98 and what that was like and it just sort of reminds me how important this I suppose the, the, the national side is to everybody really because I think we're all in the same sort of boat um, and it, it's true as well what you say that it's like 
you want us to do well. And Steve Clark's done a fantastic job, and he's got us in a position where um, we're we're actually sort of competing again. We're 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 confident. He's bringing younger guys through. The team looks better, and it's just it's it's just seems like a good period again. Uh, and things certainly look to be on the up. And hopefully this this is a sort of sign. Uh, that we're on the way forward again. We've got some cracking players in this team, uh, fantastic talent, and young guys and that coming through. And like Wales have shown, it's like for a small nation, and they're not even as big in football as we are, but the talent's there, and they're, they're well-managed, and the, con- the the entire country of Wales is behind them. Even I know people that don't even follow football, uh, Welsh friends of mine, not football fans at all, Massive rugby fans. Rugby's a thing doing the wheels as well, no. But are firmly behind Wales and look at how they're performing and it, it's fantastic to see and I'm hoping that we are on the same sort of trajectory and that this is going to continue. And as Ross says, if, if we can pull off a result tomorrow, then I think it's going to sh- A, shut a lot of people up and I don't think we're going to see a party like it. I, I, I couldn't agree more, John. I mean, you, you think of it, of course, that we had the, the disappointing result on Monday and obviously in the immediate aftermath of that, you're, you're absolutely crushed and, you know, all you feel like that, all that, perhaps that hype and buzz and build-up at the exact moment was all for nothing. But then when the dust settles a little bit, you just think, well, you know, it's just another sort of Peru or Costa Rica or, or, or Iran. We, you know, we, we never necessarily particularly start tournaments well uh, traditionally. But the way I see it, we're only one game out of three and potentially more. You just never know. Um, If we're going to do it, we're going to do it the hard way. But that's surely uh, the best and most enjoyable way. Uh, But anyway, I'm going to come to yourself, uh, Stephen, uh, for the next one. As we say, we're one game down. The big one comes next, so to speak. The old enemy, (coughs) England, at the inverted commas, home of football, Wembley Stadium. Um, do you think Scotland have any hope tomorrow? I, well, before going on the game, I, I want to kind of reflect on what you guys were saying there. I think that this European championships has been a festival for football. I've never watched so much football in my life every day. I'm watching a different match. And I mean, the, the national anthem at Hamden, I think it was 9,000 people, but it sounded full on the TV. My, I had goosebumps just listening to it. It was, it was fantastic. And Seeing the fans back in, boys, I don't know about yourselves, but it's brilliant to see. And there was a game there during the week in Budapest and Hungary, and the stadium was full. And it was just like I can't wait to get back to that. So I mean, but it has it has been great. We've all been caught up in the build up. I mean, I think people are so fed up with people watching football, but it's going to continue until it's over, isn't it? And long into the season with Celtic. But going on to England, Anthony, the the old enemy, as you said. Um, I mean, I'm one of the people like criticise me if you want, but I never want to see England do well. I, I just. For me, there's so much in their own hype. So, I mean, it's like, do you ever go to your, your favourite auntie's house to have a, a set of cutlery and they're like, is this better than granny's set, sets of cutlery? And it's all yeah. about comparing yeah. and contrasting. That's what it's like. <laughs> that, that's a very good that, analogy, my friend. That was, <laughs> that, that, that's, that, that's what it's like. So, I mean, it's, everything has to be better, more glitz and glamour, better TV studios, better pitches, better facilities, the best players in the world, the most money in the league. And every time they go into the tournament, they're... They're arrogant. When they play these nations, they're like, oh, we'll get through that, we'll get through this, and we'll, we'll get to the final, semi-final, whatever it may be. But ultimately, they fall flat in their arse, and that's true. I mean, England for many years have been littered with talent, going all the way back to the Lampard, Gerrard, Scholes times when they tried to fit all them, and it didn't work. And 
you come up to now, they've got the likes of Foden, Sterling, Mason Mount, and it is a team that are with talent. But again, in that Croatia game, I don't know what the, the, the commentators were saying, but I didn't see anything that scared me. I didn't see anything that I thought they're going to turn over Scotland here, like 6 or 7 nil. I mean, Jamie O'Hara, he's been quite vocal about what he thinks is going to happen on TalkSport. He thinks if England turn up and put in a half-decent performance, then Scotland will fold. I can't see that happening. It wasn't so long ago we had our own Lee Griffiths put two free kicks past them. Do you know what I mean? And the game finished two each, but quite frankly, we should have held on for the win. But again, them things happen. I say we, I mean Scotland people be going, you're Irish, what are you on about? But yeah. Um, ad- Adopted ad- Scott for this show tonight, ad- my friend. Ad- adopted Scott, 100%. And ad- there's nothing that scares me off, need to tell you the truth. I mean, Scotland, if Tierney's back, that's a big plus. I mean, you he was well missed in the first game. And if Steve Clark's going to stick to the free free five two as he seems to do, I mean, I was quite annoyed that he didn't move away from that in the second half in the Czech Republic game. But if he if Tierney's back, that's a big plus. And you look you look at the squad, I mean, all the squads playing in their top leagues are the, the top teams in a league. Tierney, Robertson's the Champions League winner, Billy Gilmore, no matter if he only played two or three games for Chelsea, he's still been around a squad that's won a Champions League recently. So there is talent and I'm quietly confident, yeah. Great stuff. And and Ross, I'll, I'll come to you next, mate, just sort of for your thoughts. Um, like Stephen says, obviously, after the first game, England won the tournament. Um, <laughs> uh, goal. Um, so, you know, uh, could could we um, cause an upset? Um, European champions, uh, just like they did way back in 67. Sorry, you cut out there. Oh, sorry, mate. Um, we technically caution. I'm just saying, um, can the... Can this current Scotland team do what the Wembley Wizards did back in '67 and become the unofficial European champions? Of course they can. Uh, I absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, don't get me wrong; it's going to be a tough, tough game, uh, but it's it's not beyond the realms of probability. Uh, well, we've we've beaten better teams than this England team down the years, uh, as we alluded to on last week's extravaganza. I mean. The odds are stacked against us, but sometimes that's when Scotland give us some of their biggest performances. Uh, everyone will have to be at the top of their game, and that includes the manager. Everyone will have to be brave, and that starts with the manager. He has to be more brave with starting lineup. Uh, treat it, treat this game as a one-off, winner-takes-all cup final. I mean, who knows when we'll be back in this stage. So just, just leave everything out there in the park. Get our dangerous pacey attackers on the park for the start and have a go. I mean, I, I'll get, I, I get that they'll want to try and blast us out early. And we might, we might need to weather a storm for the first 20 minutes or so. But I think we have more chance, more of a chance if we go at them rather than inviting them onto us. Just have a go. That's a, 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 give them something to think about rather than the other way around. I, I just didn't want to leave this tournament trying not to get beat rather than trying to win the game. I mean, you've got to pray that Kieran Tierney's fit. Uh, I think it, it seems like he will be. He was training the other day. And that, uh, it's, it's going to be tough. I'm not forgetting the qualities that they possess, as you've touched on, they they have got some good players, but I never seen anything to be frightened of in that first game. They're they're a good side, but this is Scotland 
against England and anything can happen. But uh, certainly Scotland will have to play better, absolutely. But so will England have to play better than they played in the first game because that was one of the worst games I've seen in the tournament and neither team looked like there's a semi semi-finalist between them. So uh, I am quietly confident, I think, We've got it's a game of football. We've got a chance, and that's it. Whether they like it or no, and uh, <laughs> if we if we just have a go, put put our good attacking players on. Start with Forest. I would start with Gilmore, but we have to. If we start with Gilmore, we have to get the ball on the deck and let him do his thing and bring him into the game. None of this playing dykes up front his cell if you're playing Gilmore and just bypass him with long balls because he can't affect the game then and it's pointless playing him. We have to get the ball down, get our good players on the ball, attack them at pace and like put Adams probably alongside Dykes to try and take away this like like just punt up the park. I, I, get, I get at times you're going to have to do it because England will probably have a lot of the ball but uh, we've got a chance and I, I can't wait for the game to start because I'm just like buzzing, nervous and it just needs to be here now. I feel exactly how I feel or I would feel before a Celtic Rangers game to an extent and, <laughs> yeah. and I just I can't wait for it to kick off and the beer to flow and hopefully, hopefully, uh, even just see if we could get that high of just even celebrating a goal. Like an like a goal that we go one 0 up or we equalise or whatever. Even that would be enough for me. But obviously you want you want to win the game. But to to feel that high, Scotland scoring an important goal in a major championship. Uh, there, there's no a lot no a lot that can top that. Uh, absolutely, uh, I, I, I'm totally with you on that, mate. And like you say, it's it, you know you you sort of get that same the same butterflies that anxiety, that nervous excitement. Um I, I I did say last week on the extravaganza um that it is the sort of the international old firm game, uh, so to speak. Uh that extravaganza is still available to listen to everyone if uh, if anyone uh, feels <laughs> like it on all the on all the usual outlets. And um yeah j- just well, to and, 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 and an alternate universe uh, I'm still sobering up from it um to, to <laughs> tell you the truth. <laughs> but but as I say, like you say, Ross, I'm totally in agreement with you on that. We're, we're at the tournament now. All we wanted to, to do was, was be here. Now we are. Then, like you say, what have we, what have we got to lose? Um, it's a bit like when you get invited to the cool guys' uh, house party when you're in sixth year. There's no point going in and being quiet. You're as well just, you know, try to win she's bird. You know, that's it. You, you just go for it. You're, you're here. You just, you, you just you go full weather. Absolutely. Uh, so, John, um, I'll, I'm going to come to you just for, for your thoughts on, on the build-up to, to the game itself. Um, like, like, like you, as Ross says, there's no doubt that England have, do have some, some great players and they, of course, will have a lot of the ball and are absolutely the, the favourites for the match. I don't think anyone, even the, you know, the most you know, died-in-the-will Tartan Army supporter would, would argue otherwise. But, by the same token, I mean, we already have the title deeds to Twickenham this year. Why can't we have the ones to Wembley as well? No, you're absolutely right. And as I say, I, I, I'm, conf- I'm, I'm confident as well. Like I said, that first game, I mean, we've all seen it. And as Stephen says, the arrogance for the media regarding England, um, scraping through against Croatia, absolutely terrible game, but winning. 
in that same tournament winners already. And it doesn't matter who's playing British broadcasting. All they can talk, they don't they don't talk about the game at hand or what's happening. They just want to talk about England, and it's that arrogance that I think gives us all Scotland fans. I'd imagine that just sort of that bad taste in their mouth and. We all just want to get one up in them, um, and they've no doubt seen the fact that we lost two nothing in that opening game, and then rather than actually talk about the game and the positives for Scotland and the fact that we are still a threat, whether they can see it or no, or whether they want to believe it or no, uh, ultimately are writing us off because we lost. <clears throat> so I, um, I'm confident we can get a result. Uh, I don't see why we can't. As I said earlier, if if we we play. Tierney being back, utilise the, the, the pace and the, the, the talent on the left. Uh, utilise pace throughout the park. Uh, Maximise the, the, the width. Don't play long balls, as Ross says. Like Play the ball, keep it down, play it through the middle. Use it, use use your flanks. Like Make them think. Don't just punt it up the park and hope Dykes can bring it down and then take a pot shot at goal. Uh, but... If if we if we if we can get off to a good start and just go right at their throats, we'll give them a fright and they'll know what to do. And because I think they are, are quietly writing us off as well and think it's going to be easy. And I think if we just start snapping at their ankles for the the first whistle and making sure they feel it, don't give them nothing. Just go at them, give them absolutely nothing, and I think they, they they'll be pleasantly surprised. And I think putting them on the back foot. And and we'll we'll make them think twice. And I think that if we can manage that and get in their heads, then I think we could pull off an incredible result. That's a, that sounds just the ticket for me, my man. I'm going to come to you all individually just for um, your score prediction. So, John, I'll just come straight back to you. Um, so, put your chips in the oven and make a decision. What's the score <laughs> going to be? I'm going to say two one. Two one, fantastic. Scotland, you're good self. Oh, well, that's, I, I, I kind of took that as... <laughs> I sort of took that as a given, my man. <laughs> uh, Stephen, what about yourself, mate? I can also say, John, you made some fantastic points here in regards to just going out their throats, and we brought this up in the group chat, and we all had a wee discussion about it. I personally think the midfield battle is there to be won, because a midfield of Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips, for me, isn't better than John McGinn, McTallamy and if it's Gilmore starting or Armstrong, I personally think Scotland's midfield is stronger. I, I, I don't know about you guys, but that's my opinion. Um, my score prediction 1 0 Scotland. 1 0. I'll take that any day of the week, Stephen. And finally, young Mr. Muir, give us your prediction. Uh, I'm going to go 1 0 Scotland as well. No, so it's a narrow win for the boys in blue, right across the board for the for, from all the guys here. I'm actually I'm going to go very much the same way. I actually don't think it will be a high scoring game either, um, and I do actually have a couple of pounds on on one nil as well. So I'm I'm very much uh, hoping that that's a, that's the case tomorrow night. Um, so I'll just come to these boys just before we sort of we sort of round it up tonight. Um, just sort of. But there's, we don't have too many in, in, in recent memory, uh, certainly in our lifetimes, of, of too many sort of big highs against England. But I'm, I'm sure you can think of a couple. Um, Ross, is there any anything that particularly stands out um, when you think of the, the Scotland-England encounter? Um, well, obviously, there's the, the Griffiths moments, which were incredible. Um, but the one that stands out for me, and in the end, we didn't, we didn't do enough. Uh, to overturn the first leg deficit, uh, but 
when McCann played that ball in for uh, Big Hutchison and he rose at the back post uh, and gave us an early lead uh, and we won. Uh, we beat them in the final uh, match between Scotland and England at the Old Wembley. We beat them 1-0, albeit we lost 2-1 in aggregate. That was that was some performance uh, on the night and everybody had written us off after Paul's goals had done us twice uh, at Hamden. So uh, they wrote us off then, they're writing us off now. Uh, So another uh, cross in for Tierney and Big Dykes to rise at the back post this time would do me fine. Uh, Amen to that. I remember watching it uh, with my big brother that that, that night. Uh, Obviously, again, you you went down, you you, you knew you were sort of 2-0 down for the first leg. You went there just hoping to get a wee bit of pride, but never... Did we think we would put in a performance like we did that night? I mean, it was 1-0 going on 3 or 4, if I remember correctly. Scotland were absolutely incredible that night. And I'm sure, I think it might have been Paul Ritchie. I might I might have been wrong there, but it was a sort of point-blank save for Dave Seaman uh, from a from a header uh, with about sort of 9, 10 minutes to go, which would have sort of tied the, the, the whole leg. And I reckon, you know, you know we'll, we'll never know. But, you know, if that second goal goes in, you just never know what would have happened that night. But like you say, it was always nice to just uh, make our final trip down to the old Wembley uh, and come home with a with a win in the bragging rights. It was a, it was brilliant, like you say. Uh, Stephen, have you got any particular highlights uh, Scotland versus England over the years? Well, I'm not going to lie and say like my knowledge of Scotland England games is through the roof like you guys. But I mean, the one that's <laughs> the one that sticks out in my mind the most is obviously when Griffiths put them free the two free kicks past Joe Hart, basically take the piss out of him. That was. That was fantastic. I mean, I was tearing, my throat was sore and everything after watching that. One thing I do want to touch upon, what's annoying me right now, do you ever, great, you're going under the coverage of the game, see, before any game starts, they keep showing that Gascoigne goal against Scotland. Oh, it's like, oh. on, on a continuous loop, do you know what I mean? It's like, we, we get he scored a goal, relax about it, do you know what I mean? He's not playing in the game <laughs> on Friday. But, I mean, what what I love a Scotland in the game to be, to be is, like you said, like the, the Glasgow Derby, it's it's passion, it's energetic, they're going at each other's throats, and that's what I want to see tomorrow. I want to see Scotland go out and give it their all. As Ross said it when he was saying what he wants to happen, get the pacey players on, get the creative players on, go out there on the pitch, and just give them the game, because I'm quietly confident that we can we can script that 1-0 victory and hopefully get through with a best fair place finish. Oh, I tell you, I really hope... That Steve and the boys are listening to this tonight uh, and and they're build up because I'm 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 totally convinced now that we're coming away with the three points. Let me tell you, <laughs> uh, uh, John. I'll just uh, some great words here from Stephen as well. Uh, as have you got any particular highlights when it comes to the the clash against the old enemy? Uh, I mean, there's a few and far between, and really uh, for as long as I can remember. Um, obviously, as Stephen and that said, that you've got that two-two result where um, back in 2017, where Lee Griffiths scored the two amazing free kicks. I think we were all everybody across the country was lost our voice the next day, we're roaring. Um, but I mean, really, prior to that, there have been we've not had much luck. Um, and the only other time I can remember us getting a result, I think, was back in 1999 or something like that, 2000. Uh, I think we scraped a win, one and one. Um, but that's about it. Um, I mean, that was so far long ago that I can't really remember it. I just saw him telling me that, like, we, I know we we we've won a game <laughs> recent years, <laughs> um, at least in my lifetime. <laughs> uh, but 
Aye, uh, the, the, the one that sticks in my mind is the two-two because it's the most recent and it's the, the it's the one positive result we've had against them for a long time. So I think that was one that sticks with me. Did we not right, have I'm a it. good a good friendly? I'm sure it was a friendly we won at Wembley against them. Uh, Kenny um, Miller scored a beautiful goal, and uh, actually James, it might have been, I think it was two one to Scotland that night, maybe. It was sickening, mate. We, we were ahead twice in the game and uh, lost. Uh, I think Theo Walcott scored with a few oh, minutes to go, so and uh, we, we, actually, we actually, it was. Um, I think it was to sort of commemorate. I think it was the 150th anniversary of the FA, or, or something, or it was maybe, maybe something to do with the, the 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 sort of the new Wembley, or maybe a set, you know the. Wembley being at that at that particular site, there was some sort of connotation behind it why we played them. Uh, um, but like you said, we were uh, perhaps a wee bit. Of course, it was just a friendly. There wasn't a sort of any sort of you know meaning competition behind it. But again, we we went down that night and we were told we were goals. going to be getting embarrassed. And, and we 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 took we went we went for it and we we gave a really good account of ourselves. And I would say perhaps more of the same tomorrow. We perhaps a wee bit more lady luck on our side, <laughs> and 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 you just never know. Um, I must admit, go, go, think of my own memories, um, Scotland, England, and it's probably it, it wasn't a get like it's the you know the game that Stephen mentioned, you know, with the, with the gas going goal, but it, it's just what I remember. As I say, I said last week, next extravaganza Euro '96 is my first memory uh, watching football, like actually sitting down with the family and, and sort of getting involved. And obviously, Andy Gorham played in, in goals for Scotland that day. And obviously, throughout that time, uh, when you're you know a Celtic fan, you couldn't score against Andy Gorham. So in in my head, he was a tremendous goalkeeper. Um, and that's the thing, John. In my head, I was like, well, Scotland are obviously going to win because nobody can score a goal against Andy Gorham. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, he's uh, unfortunately his teammate scored a bit of a, a blinder against him. But I think just um, remember watching it that day. I was out playing in the garden and you know, you know, kicking the ball about and just sort of getting that sort of love for the game that that's you know still with me to this day. But it was a you know, sun was splitting the trees. You're watching it on the telly as well, and uh, London was you know, I don't think there was a cloud in the sky down in London that day. And the sea, St George's crosses against the salt tire, and you know, it just it sort of it creates that buzz and excitement. And um, although as we've sort of touched on, we're not on the but it, it, certainly, in recent times against uh, against England, we haven't been on the, the the better end of the of the final score. But we always, I think, we always do give a, a decent account of ourselves, and we're never we're never embarrassed, uh, shall we say? And um, all all I can sort of say to, to sort of to, to round up tonight, boys, is I firmly believe we we should only just enjoy our time here in this tournament. It's taken us best part of quarter of a century to get here. And I'll, as disappointed as we were um, with the with the result on 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 Monday, we're only a third of the way through. We've still got two games to play, um, minimum, because you just you just never know. And um, all we can say from everyone at Endless Celts is our, our best wishes to Steve and to Scotland tomorrow night. And uh, here's hoping uh, for a big result uh, that can really get us going uh, in this European Championships. Uh, but in terms of the actual show tonight, boys, I think uh, I think that's everything uh, for tonight. Uh, have you enjoyed being on? Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, it's been good, man. <laughs> uh, it's been good. Well, I, I must admit, I enjoyed being on last week and uh, thoroughly enjoyed being on tonight. I think the the Euro spin-off definitely works. I think it just some a wee bit different, and it just uh, I just some uh, something different to focus on uh, throughout the summer months before we 
we go again on on the club front. Um, so, Stephen, I'll just quickly come to you just with the, the sort of schedule, uh, just what, what what listeners can expect in the in the sort of next week or so. Well, the schedule hasn't been absolutely absolutely confirmed yet, but what we can say to the listeners is we're coming back next week with a Celtic podcast. I alluded to it on our reaction video last night in regards to the Champions League tie for Mitchell. And it is a bit strange that we haven't done one this week, but again, we're trying to focus on the Scottish journey for the European Championships, which is fantastic. And we'll be going back to Celtic and Scotland again next week and two separate podcasts. So there's plenty, plenty of things to look forward to. Recently put up the Jack Aces and the youngest ever Celtic goal scorer interview. That's up to listen to as well. And as Anthony said, the first extravaganza of the Euro editions, that's up as well. You can hear Andrew drunk, which is fantastic. It's 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 good crack. Anthony, I mean, Andrew, I don't know why I come into my head. Anthony, you can hear, you think, you think I was drunk there, I mean, but um, you can hear Anthony give his famous lines and his quotes and all. It's, it's brilliant crack and all the guys are in top form. So yeah, Anthony, back to yourself. Uh, thank, thanks mate yep as like I say perhaps one day I will sober up from that show uh, but at least it's out there now and uh, it can it can be can't be unheard uh, so to speak uh, so but as I say that's us uh, for tonight guys um, so again all the best to Scotland in match two and hopefully when we reconvene for, uh, ahead of the build up to match night three we're talking about going to get six points uh, against Croatia uh, and again, um, just once again, want to reiterate all our, our love, prayers and best wishes uh, to Bertie Old uh, and his family. And uh, until we listen, until we sort of reconvene, best wishes to everyone. Stay well and keep safe. Hail, hail and come on, Scotland. <laughs>